from WBGO, this is Newark Today, your monthly look at what's happening in and around New Jersey's largest city. And now, here's your host, Michael Hill. Welcome to another edition of Newark Today on WBGO 88.3 FM and WBGO.org. I'm your host, Michael Hill. We want you to join this conversation tonight because we're talking about all things Newark for this summer. Our number here is 844-677-9283. That's 844-677-9283. Our guest this evening, of course, is the Honorable Mayor of Newark, New Jersey, Raz Barak. Mr. Mayor, welcome once again. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome. We're talking about jobs, activities, and arts and so forth uh, taking place uh, in the city this summer. What can you tell us uh, and tell the folks out there about jobs, jobs for youth, jobs for uh, others out there, and what, uh, what you're asking companies here in, uh, in Newark to do? Well, uh, you know, our summer job uh, program is always uh, happening every summer. It's every summer it gets larger and larger. Uh, we're, we're trying to hire. Right now we have about 2,700 kids that we've hired from last year. When we first came, we hired 1,000. Uh, we went from 1,000 to 2,000, then to 2,700 the third year. Now we're trying to move that above. So we're still trying to raise the dollars to get about 3,000 kids working this summer, a little bit uh, more than that if we can. Uh, and and most of the kids have already filled out the applications. They're already in a lottery, so they're going to begin working pr- uh, very shortly. Uh, they'll have training. They, they had interviews. All of those things have already happened for the most part. So we have a very robust summer program, and we have – uh, you know, things happening in every center of hope across the city uh, for young people that are free uh, camps that go from 8, 30, 9 o'clock all the way to 5 p.m. in uh, the Ever Center of Hope and JFK, uh, you know, and all of the rec centers are where the centers of hopes are. Uh, at the Camp Watershed, we have fishing and horseback riding and hiking, all for young people, all free, you know, uh, for the entire summer, which is a huge thing because. Uh, I don't know where you can go get this stuff for free from. And, um, you know, we have a, a general recreation fee that we charge uh, Newark residents $5 a year so uh, as well. Um, but ultimately, the things that we're doing for the summer are free. And we're going to have things coming to your blocks as well called Summer Fun. So that, that'll be happening as well. Now, you said uh, uh, horseback riding. You said swimming and all these things. Now, um, fishing, I, fishing, and all that. Do, hiking. Are, are you hiking? Are you making this available to journalists by any chance? Oh, if, <laughs> if they if they children journalists, absolutely. What kind of jobs are we talking about? Uh, well, the jobs uh, run the gamut. We have uh, you know coding classes at NJIT. We have classes uh, at Rutgers Leadership Development. We have classes. We have uh, jobs at Panasonic, at most of the corporations, law firms, United Airlines, jo- jobs all over the place. Jobs in, in mostly all of the city agencies. So, uh, you know, all of it is not when I was in what we call Speedy back in the days when I was a kid. <laughs> we just used to sweep the streets and clean the lots. Oh, you did that too, huh? Yeah, but you know, this is uh, you know, we we've taken it to another level now. That's good. So uh, these are the kind of jobs we're talking about where it's not just uh, 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 sanitation-type jobs and things like right. that. These are jobs where, where, where kids can enhance what they've learned throughout the school year. Right, get meaningful job experience, leadership uh, opportunities, mentorship from responsible adults in environments that they may not have uh, been a part of, and opportunities to make long-lasting relationships that may pay off for them. Uh, you know, Sometimes they get the job the next summer, the next summer, and they wind up being a, a permanent employee at these places when they get to college and out of college. It sounds like what you're talking about when you're talking about jobs at Panasonic and Audible and other companies like that, you're exposing them to the corporate world. Absolutely. Uh, for, to everything that we have opportunity to expose them to. You know, Every industry that we have available in the city, we are trying to expose our young people to, to let them know the different kinds of careers that exist in the town, how to be a part of that, uh, who, who, what, what kind of pipeline do I need to get involved in to get myself ready to be a part of this. So, yeah, and we, we're trying to help them develop leadership skills uh, and everything that they need to be successful. 
You're listening to Newark Today on WBGO. This is Mayor Raz Baraka. We're talking about summer jobs right now for children and teens and so forth in Newark. Summer jobs, we're talking about summer activities and arts and camps and things like that. If you have uh, a summer job or jobs available for um, kids, teenagers in Newark, uh, give us a call. Let us know about it. Uh, the mayor would certainly like to hear about it. We certainly like to hear about it here at WBGO. Join the conversation. It's 844-677-9283. Mr. Mayor, what kind of activities can uh, can folks uh, expect uh, in the city beyond teens, beyond uh, uh, young people for the most part, arts and things like that? Well, we have full uh, schedules of things that are happening at Military Park, uh, from movies to poetry to, to musical events that are going to be taking place in Military Park. We also have events uh, at the theater on Clinton Avenue that we just completed, uh, also movies, also uh, opportunities for plays and things right there on Clinton Avenue. Uh, and there's a series of, of events that are taking place either at NJ Pack, uh, the, the Library Museum, all of, all of those things that always happen at the arena and things that we do publicly in the city, usually down at Military Park or Lincoln Park, Lincoln Park, uh, we, we have uh, uh, Newark Kids Rock. We have the Lincoln Park uh, Music Festival is happening this summer. Wow. All of those things are continuously going. And you could go to the city's website and find out uh, all of these activities that are taking place. Um, I know you mentioned Clinton Avenue. That's important because you're not talking about people who necessarily have to come downtown if they don't want to. You're talking about right in the neighborhood. Right. And and not not only Clinton Avenue, but Bergen Street. We have a Juneteenth festival coming up this weekend. We have a house and club festival happening on Lyons Avenue at, at uh, you know, Green Acres or, you know, the, the new complex uh, that we had at a Bo Porter complex, we call it now. Uh, so th these events are going to be happening throughout the city. So there's opportunities for you. We're having a Latino festival on Bloomfield Avenue this summer. It's huge. Uh, you should be a part of all of these things. What do you say to corporations out there, to companies out there, even mom-and-pop shops uh, operating in Newark about offering summer jobs to people who live in Newark? It's, it's important, you know, one, uh, to create the kind of pipelines that get the, the residents involved in your, your, your uh, industry. Uh, it, it, it helps your bottom line. It gets greater productivity to have folks that live in and around close to uh, your company to work there, uh, you know, to look at it as, a, as it as a part of the city itself. I mean, it's important and it helps us transform this community. And so, you know, in that vein, we have something called Newark 2020, which we'll be launching in a couple of weeks. We'll be doing a press conference uh, June 26, in fact, to announce all of the industries and companies that are a part of uh, our Newark Hire by uh, Live a program that we've created uh, where we, we're trying to uh, develop two th over 2,000 jobs by the year 2020. And these are for adults and uh, raise the level of procurement that these businesses currently do in the city. That is, get them to invest in local businesses and local companies. Right now, the number is at about 3%. Uh, we're trying to get them uh, up finally to an end number of about 35%, which is the capacity that businesses can do probably in this city given the resources and services that we offer. So the the, the, the good side of that is that there's over 60% of things that we don't offer in the city, which means there's a void for people to create business right. uh, in the city to be able to, 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 to get what these companies have, to be a part of their, their, their supply line. When you say 3%, you, you mean 3% of the jobs are in Newark or to Newark residents right no, now? No, the 3% number speaks to the spend. So it speaks to procurement. So okay. the average spend in the city is about 3%. Uh, all of the corporations and the city itself involved, we spend that much money. So if we spent the maximum amount of money collectively, you know, studies show that we would uh, put about a half a billion dollars back into the economy in the city of Newark. That would be incredible. It would be outstanding. And, and that, that, that translates into more jobs, more opportunity, greater tax base, all of those things uh, is, is positive for the city. So we've been making our rounds, trying to get the, the businesses, and we've been, you know, surprisingly uh, uh, getting a very positive response from most of the CEOs in the city. And they they like doing business here. Absolutely, and, and they're interested in helping us uh, move the city to the next level. You know, we were talking a, a short while ago about the arts. Uh, Newark has become quite... Uh, um, 
talking to you about this. You probably know this better than most people in in New York. In Newark, being one of the probably one of the first families of arts in the, in, in the city. Uh, I, I'm going to read this to you. Newark. Th- this is a headline I saw this week about uh, a, a national survey. This says Newark has been ranked the ninth most arts vibrant community in America. That's right. And this is according to the SMU, Southern Methodist University, National Center for Arts Research. And it says Newark landed in the top 10 of more than 900 communities based on supply, demand, and government support for the arts. It singled out Newark Arts, established in 1981, whose mission is it is to power the arts in the largest city of New Jersey. It said this of Newark Arts, bringing the transformative power of the arts into the lives of those who live in, work in, and visit Newark through programs, advocacy, promotion, education, and coordination. And it quotes Jeremy Johnson, you know him, the Newark Arts Executive Director, and he said in response to the ranking, we couldn't be more gratified that the city of Newark is being recognized as a hotbed of America's arts and culture and that Newark Arts is a driving force behind that recognition. And, and it's all deliberate. It's, it's a very purposeful push because we understand that art uh, helps to revitalize neighborhoods and communities. And uh, I, don't, I do not see uh, how Newark can move forward without a robust art uh, scene in the arts community. It's, it's almost impossible uh, for it to happen. Uh, and given that we're like the kind of art and entertainment capital of the state of New Jersey, uh, it is really appropriate for us to invest in that area. What does the city invest in, in the arts in, uh, in, in Newark? Well, the, the mural projects that are happening all, all over the, the city, we, we, we do that. Uh, we, we invest in making sure that we uh, you know, have arts programs for young people in our centers of hope, uh, uh, that, we, that we encourage uh, you know, folks in the Newark Arts Council that we have, uh, you know, representation on there that we begin to direct that. We also have Gwen Moten embedded in our office who is, uh, you know, high a level uh, in terms of arts and culture in the city of Newark, making sure that art and culture is in every kind of decision that we make moving forward, whether it's development, community projects, green space. Whatever it is that we're doing, that art and culture is, is, is a driving force behind most of those things. When I mentioned this survey to someone earlier today, they said, yeah, I, I can see it because there are a lot of art galleries and so forth sure. in this city. Absolutely. Uh, Gallery of Pharaoh, you have uh, Express Newark, Newark uh, upstairs, uh, up in the Haynes Building, the print shop. You have the, the museum, NJ Pack, Prudential, all, all these spaces, uh, the city without walls, uh, you know, uh, all, all these things here uh, in the city. Would you have thought that Newark would rank this high, though? You're talking about 900 communities in the city. Newark ranks ninth? Well, I think, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised, you know, but uh, I'm surprised that people recognize it, but I'm not surprised because there has been a very kind of concerted effort on on grassroots artists to establish arts organizations, to nonprofits, to city government, to collectively uh, use art as a, a tool uh, to move the city forward. So I think that kind of groundswell of activity is starting to be noticed. Does it help to have a mayor whose father was an artist 50, 60 years ago and to, and to sort of be the, the, if I can call you this, the first family of arts in, in a place like this? Well, it, it helps in the sense that I understand the importance and the power of art in transforming lives and communities. And so it's not a stretch for me to understand how art plays a significant part of development, how we can build buildings, but you have to have an art scene so people could be a part of, that you have to attract millennials and people. If you want to compete with New York and Montclair and South Orange and all these places, we have to uh, highlight the arts community that's here in the city of New York, that's been here forever, as a matter of fact. And there's a big black film festival coming up. I That's got an right. email on this. Uh, we actually have two film festivals in the city of Newark. What's the first one? I, I got an email on one. What's right. the other one? We have the, the, the Newark Film Black, black Film Festival, Newark. Right. We have that. Then we have the International Film Festival uh, that we have as well that is now hooked up with the, the film festival in Martha's Vineyard, right? So we're, we're doing some things collectively. That's uh, I think there are people who would uh, who would listen to that and, and say that's quite impressive for a place like Newark because as you know people have all kinds of perceptions about New Jersey's New Jersey's biggest city. I want to play for you now. This is uh, uh, this is uh, we, we got a couple of interviews on the street and I want to uh, 
play for you uh, now. This is uh, John McCoy, uh, what his concern is about uh, opportunities in Newark, and you just went through uh, some of those issues, uh, talking about uh, Newark and what's available this summer and what's down the pike and what his concern is. This is John McCoy, um, resident of, uh, of Newark. You know, I am concerned for the youth, you know, just like I was a youth just a few years ago and it was the same thing, so it's just getting worse, so we got to try to find a way to, like, put a lid on all of it. I mean, jobs still scarce, people still need money, you know, people don't have anything to do, you know, nowhere to go and, and spend time and enjoy themselves, so it's nothing but the devil's playground. Idle mind is the devil's playground. Yeah, we do need more programs, man. They uh, they tore down the Boys and Girls Club in the North Ward, and a lot of people had memories there. And it's like there's nowhere else to really go now for the youth. They're just hanging out in the front yard, and there's nothing good happening on the streets, and they'd be caught in the crossfires. And, you know, they don't want to stay in all day. They want to go out and play, so they need better uh, surroundings, you know? Hello, uh, Mayor. This is John McCoy from the North Ward of Newark. I just had a question. And the question I had, how do you feel about gentrification in the city of Newark? That's a little off topic, Mayor, but would you like to address John McCoy of the North Ward there? Yeah, and so if you talk to younger people about what's happening, there's thousands of programs almost for, for young people in the city. Every center of hope is open. So there's an age group of people who are looking for things like bars to go to, like barcade that we have to develop, whether you're talking about a bowling alley or, or places like that. Or, or continue to fight for the levels of employment that, that we're doing in the city. But the younger people in our city have a plethora of, of things to be involved in. Every, center, every, uh, you know, every rec center has been developed, uh, has been redone. Uh, we've opened up a, a boxing gym on uh, South Orange Avenue. We've redone almost every park in the city, recreational park in the city, and they all have programs for free for community residents. Uh, you do have to admit that most of those programs are for younger children, right? So for elementary aged and younger children that may be in the early stages of high school, right? Ninth, 10th grade, uh, you know, but when you start getting into 11th, 12th uh, college, you know, there's a different level of recreation that those people, are, those kids are looking for uh, that we have to develop. And, we, and we're starting to do that around uh, restaurants and entertainment places like Barcade, movie theaters, uh, bowling alleys and, and of that nature that we are attracting to the city now. Uh, he mentioned the word gentrification. I know you're not a, a big fan of a word right. like that, but right. uh, he, he raised a concern about gentrification and so forth in the right. North Ward. Well, it's important that people, well, I don't know about gentrification in the North Ward, but <laughs> people, are, people are, you know, people get information, they see what's happening, and so we they, they caught and they don't they don't have the the truth information or the facts so when you see new things in the city people get nervous so on the one hand you're saying we need things but when you get things you you get afraid because there's gentrification because you don't think the new things are for you right which is a problem so in one hand he'll say oh we need these places so when we bring the place he say, oh gentrification so now you just have to be clear on what it is that you're talking about there's absolutely no gentrification happening in the north ward right now period zero so i mean there's development happening in the downtown area in places where there was absolutely nothing Right. And we're going to continue to develop uh, in the city. There's more affordable housing in Newark going up than market rate housing in the city. We are not at the place uh, where, where that's happening. And people are afraid and because they, and they, they, they see Brooklyn, they saw Manhattan, they saw the places and not Harlem. So they think that Newark is next on that list. But we, we are very cognizant of that and we're preparing ourselves uh, to make sure that that does not happen. Right. And he has to get, get involved in what's going on in the city and, and stay off Bloomfield Avenue and Summer Avenue. The number to hear to call is 844-677-9283. Conversation we're having here with Mayor Raz Baraka of Newark talking about jobs, activities, arts, uh, camps, uh, and some other issues here. Mr. Mayor, I want to play for you. Uh, this is another person on the street. This is Kimberly, a former resident of the city of Newark, talking about uh, some of her concerns. Yeah, in the summertime, the crime rates go, they skyrocket, and nobody feels safe. You can't enjoy the, the weather or anything. Because there's always shootings, there'll be shootings down the street from your home, in front of schools, carjackings. When I drive through North, people just eat the red light because they don't want to get carjacked. Mr. Mayor, your thoughts on that? With, well, with, with... I, I think that they should put News 12 away. I mean, really. I mean, the, the crime, I mean, obviously, 
there's crime in the city of Newark, just like there's crime in, in Jersey City, there's crime in Patterson, crime in Trenton, Camden, most of these cities. Newark is the only city in the state of New Jersey that that experienced a decline in crime last year, period, right? So at, at the end of the day, the, the levels of crime are decreasing uh, in the city of Newark, and we have to begin to promote and tell that narrative, right? And most people say what they think or heard, and if you ask her if she's been carjacked or how many times that has happened to her, it's probably none. Like, I have leadership development with kids on every third Saturday, and I ask them what they think about Newark, and they say different things like that. And I say, well, how many of you are 17, 18 years old? And they raise their hand. Well, how many of you have ever been a victim of a crime, robbed? Most of them don't raise their hand. So, And, and there's a few that do. So 17, 18 years of your life, you've never been involved in any of these kinds of things. Then why is this the prevalent idea that we have uh, about our city? Uh, and, and, and that has a lot to do with the narratives that are being told. Uh, about the city. And, and it doesn't mean that crime doesn't happen. It absolutely happens, and we have to continue to do a better job at, at reducing it. But we are experiencing declines in crimes in, in, in mostly all areas. So that's important for us to understand. And, uh, you know, 80% of the blocks in the city of, of Newark experience no violent crime at all, right? So there's opportunity for them to hang out in Military Park, opportunity for them to hang out Weekway Park, Bloomfield Park, Washington Park. There's places in the center of Hope, JFK, places that you can go and not hang on the corner of your block in the street with a bunch of people where things are happening at and go and participate. There's a boys club at the bottom of Avon Avenue with a pool and computers with free dental care, free eye care that you could be a part of right there at the bottom of Avon Avenue in the heart of the hood in the city of Newark. You should get your kids involved in that, right? They don't have to hang out in the project or in the front of your house. What, what is it about crime and, and, and the perception that, it, that it's as as widespread as people think it is in 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 Newark. What, what 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 what's at the center of that? Well, that's the that's the 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 sexy thing to talk about, you know, is the thing we like conflict. Uh you know, and and so that that is something that is picked up and people report that over and over and over again. Listen, when I, if something happens in a city, I I go to the gym. So if I go to the gym in the morning, it's the the story is on in the morning. When I go home to change my clothes, it's still on. Uh, uh, by 3 o'clock is on again, like they just run it again. By 7 o'clock, it's still on. And so those are the things that drive uh, the narrative and, and what's happening in the city. That is the most prevalent thing that's talked about. We have whole blogs that are dedicated just to uh, discussing in detail the levels of violence and, and police chases in the city, right? Uh, like that's the only thing happening. And it's okay to talk about those things because it's news, to discuss, but it's not the only news. And that's that's what when it becomes a problem, when that is the only thing that we focus on. Uh, and so we become inundated with that, uh, uh, as opposed to talking about all of the things that are happening uh, in our city. A, a, a little um, side here. Is it news if it happens in the same neighborhood all the time at the same hour, perhaps for the same reason? Is that news? Well, yeah, but the, the deeper news really is why is it happening in that same neighborhood at the same time, at the same hour, to really get deep into the real issues and the causes of what these things are about and then to really try to get to the root of it and uh, why this dichotomy exists Well, where, where there's some neighborhoods that don't experience this and some that do, where, where the kind of wealth that exists in a town and others don't have it and how do we create opportunities for people. That's the real kind of kind of news i mean if if a billion if you have a four billion dollar industry in your town and you have this level of poverty i mean somebody ought to talk about that uh or, or you know kind of processes that that are beginning to develop where people can begin to get their hands on some of this stuff that that's also news but i, I think it is the you know to if it's a shooting in a neighborhood people want to know you know they want to know what's going on I want to play for you now. This is a uh, another interview we got a uh, person on the street. This is uh, uh, his name is Hakeem. He's from uh, from Newark, talking about uh, some of the concerns he has about Newark and, and and what he sees. Sure, it is. It's a big concern, man, because no one should be hungry or, or homeless. We're living in America, man, one of the richest countries in the world. We shouldn't be no no one starving and no one sleeping on the streets. The government communities get together and and really help the homeless. What's the city doing about uh, about the homeless population? Because there are some people who express concerns about uh, seeing a large number of homeless people panhandling and so forth uh, in the downtown area. What what can what can be done about that? Well, the city has no shelter, so we are in a process of 
developing a homeless shelter in the city. And uh, there's another group that we're going to work with, Independence uh, High, that's working to get a, a, a shelter or transitional housing for, for homeless veterans. So we're working to, to begin to create those, those spaces, things that have never existed. But what's interesting to me when people talk about these kind of issues is that they these are the these people get on a train and there's homelessness in New York City like there's homelessness in San Francisco and LA like there's no different like Newark has don't have a special homelessness problem you understand what I'm saying there's homelessness in America because of a system that we live in right there's poverty and 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 and, and unemployment and structural unemployment in this country that we have to address uh, you know, what we try to do is create rafts or opportunities for people to have transitional housing or housing or deal with mental illness or drug abuse or to try to get people off the streets. Because really what people are upset about is they don't want to see homeless people. And they don't want somebody approaching right, begging them. Begging. Right. So that's right. really what the problem is. They don't want to see homeless people. They, they, they don't want to ha- have a uh, most most of us don't want to have a deep responsibility for eradicating homelessness we just we just uncomfortable with seeing them and uncomfortable with them asking us for for money right so if we house them somewhere away from everybody then people will be comfortable with that but that's, but that's not the solution though that's absolutely not the solution even even when we create uh these shelters we we will have place and and it is humane to do that to get people off the street so not sleeping on the street they have a place to sleep the place to shower opportunities to see a doctor, uh, and all kinds of other things that, that you should do. Uh, but ultimately, we have to create a, a more demo- economically democratic place where people are not, uh, you know, uh, starving or homeless or these other kind of things, you know? What does it say about our society that, that, that we look to create shelters for uh, people who are homeless? We're talking about Men, women, children. We're talking about families as well. Families. And and we and we think that it's okay to put them in a shelter right. as opposed to addressing the issues that they have, whether it's mental health, right. some physical health issues, some educational issues, some opportunity issues, and, and those type of things. Because the problem right. doesn't go away when we when we shelter them someplace else right. out of sight. Well, yeah, I mean, because th- that takes a deeper commitment from people. Right. And a, a more emotional, intellectual and physical commitment from people to say we want to create a place. So Dr. King said we all need a guaranteed income. Right. This is what he said. Right. People people aren't willing to go that far. They just don't want to. But they're willing to say, OK, we're going to shelter them like you would shelter a, a, a stray animal. We, we, we're going to shelter them and put them in a place so we can't see them. And so our conscience is cool because we think they're getting at least some kind of rudimentary services uh, in those places. We can go feed them. You know, when we feel bad, like, so on my Instagram, I was eating and I took a picture of the health food store that I was at trying to give them some business. Somebody put on a thing, oh, you're eating well, the homeless person isn't eating well. Like that person who put the, who said the comment didn't go home at night and have dinner as well, right? But the the the, the, the real hypocrisy of, of, some of, the, of some of this kind of stuff, uh, you know, is, is that we are willing, like we want to help people and be philanthropists, but we don't want to change the society economically and politically where people don't have to depend on us, right, that they can depend on their own wit. And, and not to bash anybody at the, the, during the holiday season, but we, uh, we, we tend to think of folks who have less and who are homeless and go to soup kitchens and so forth and show up on Thanksgiving sure. morning or, or the day before, the week before, delivering turkeys and scooping macaroni and cheese and collard greens That's on right. Thanksgiving morning. Right. And, and we do that. The city sponsors some of those as well. So we all feel good when, when we get that done. But, uh, you know, it makes us feel better, especially in the holiday season, to be a blessing to people because you have a blessing in your life. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, I just think that we have to go a step further, you know. That's all. What are you expecting, though? What are you expecting, though, in, 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 as we talk about this homeless issue, though, uh, uh, from uh, from this administration in terms of some of the cuts and things that are being proposed? Are you going to are we going to see more homeless people in our society, more in Newark? If, if his budget goes the way he has planned it, you know, his cuts to HUD itself and public housing. Fifty four billion dollars would would mean there would be more people on the street. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. What about to to SNAP and, and programs like all, that? All of those things, SNAP and welfare and, you know, food stamps for, for women and, and infant and children and all of those things. If he cuts that, there'll be a, a severe kind of price to pay in places like Newark. How, how would Newark handle that? Well, that, that's a good question. We would have to rely on uh, the philanthropy of the private sector, nonprofit organizations. We would have to uh, uh, try to lobby the state and different things to uh, you know, help the, the most needy and vulnerable in our community. Sports Jam with Doug Doyle is now a podcast, and many times we bring the worlds of sports and music together. Penis Monty Alexander is a huge boxing fan. The Fifth Street Gym, and I would go up there and watch him, and that's the first time I saw then Cassius Clay. NBA legend Earl Monroe recalled his friendship with Miles Davis. I could never understand what Miles said. Do the guests get any bigger than Jim Brown? Jazz is America. Catch all the podcasts at wbgo.org slash sportsjam. Coming up on the next Newark Today on July 13th, a special edition live from Rutgers Express Newark Lecture Hall in the Haynes Building at 54 Halsey Street in Newark. Join your host Michael Hill and a panel of experts, including Mayor Baraka, author and educator Junius Williams, lawyer and educator Linda McDonald Carter, and others for the Summer of 67 Forum. You're invited to be there in the audience or hear the show live Thursday, July 13th, starting at 8 p.m. on WBGO 88.3 FM and WBGO.org. See you there. You're listening to Newark Today, and we want to hear from you. Call us at 1-844-677-9283. That's 1-844-677-9283. Hundreds of images of stores broken into on Springfield Avenue. And they kept repeating, and they still are repeated. We got 50 years now of, of the history of the event, and they're going to be shown all over again, which doesn't help us any. People still see those images and can recollect those images and remember them. But the city did not burn. In fact, there was no neighborhood in the city of Newark that burned. There was a lot of damage to retail stores. But those images created the image for the city of Newark that continues today. That was Mayor Kenneth Allen Gibson, the first African-American mayor of the city of Newark, elected in 1973 years after the rebellion or the riots, as some people call them, in the city of Newark. You're listening to Newark Today on WBGO 88.3 FM and WBGO.org. The number to call here is 844-677-9283, 844-677-9283. We are talking to the current mayor of Newark, Raz Baraka. Mr. Baraka, you agree with Ken Gibson? Absolutely. I, I agree. Uh, you know, that is the, and, and I said that at the state of the city is like, we are, you know, you know, being punished for our insolence, right? So something happened in the city and they have never allowed the city to move forward beyond uh, that economically, emotionally, uh, you know, socially, politically to move beyond that moment, uh, that things exploded because of the inequity and the problems, even the DeKerner commission pointed out. Uh, that existed in places like Newark. Uh, and we're still playing that scenario out. So you got young ladies who are nowhere attached to that, who has th have this idea and fear of a city uh, that has, uh, you know, been growing for 50 years away from that uh, uh, kind of narrative, right? So they still have these ideas of this crazy place. And, and that is what's always highlighted about our city, that is loose, is wild, is barbaric, is crazy, and... There's nothing happening there, and, and you shouldn't be there. And you got to speed through the city, and you can't stop at the red lights. All these kind of like horrific and over-exaggerated caricatures of our city is not only wrong; they're dangerous uh, at the same time. When you think of Newark, and and still look at places like uh, parts of Springfield Avenue, some of the uh, the main thoroughfares in the city, 
How difficult is it uh, to attract business to some of these areas? Because when you look at them, you see uh, driving Springfield Avenue and, and some of the other avenues, you look, you see, uh, you still see liquor stores, you see other things like that, and you see a lot of vacant lots, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people hanging out. Uh, how do you how do you change that? Well, as you can see, you Springfield Avenue is changing as you move up and you go further up. Queen Lativa has a development that's happening there. There's two or three other developments that are going to happen on Springfield Avenue. So it's getting easier to to get people to think about investing in in in, in the city of Newark. The problem is trying to get the financing and putting the monies together in neighborhoods like that where people still don't believe that there's a, a necessary population there. That they don't can, share the vision. Right, that they, that, that they can actually excel in those communities, right? Uh, uh, and, and ShopRite is showing that that's wrong. The Springfield Avenue Marketplace is, is showing that's wrong. Home Depot is showing that's wrong. Queen Lativa's development is going to show that's wrong. All that stuff is going to happen. And the same thing that's going to happen on Clinton Avenue, we're, we're doing the bottom of South Orange Avenue now. So all of this stuff takes time. And I'm sure people are going to say, when they, as soon as they see development happening, like the brother said, oh, it's gentrification. But we, we, we cannot be afraid of development. We can't complain of our conditions, and then we begin to change the conditions, start saying, oh, it's, it's not for me. So you got to stop being a, a, a bystander and start getting involved in what's happening in the city. And we create laws and ordinances locally to make sure we include uh, the people in our, in our city. When you became mayor, the day you took the, the, the oath and as a Newark resident and somebody who's native and, and someone who's, who's lived here, you knew you had to battle this image, this, this sure. perception of, of this is a city still burning as some people think, right. uh, lawless, anarch- and, and all this other stuff. Right. Absolutely. I, I knew that. I, I didn't take the job because it was easy. Right. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, it's very difficult. And, and it's easy to say uh, these kinds of things. It's difficult to change it. The difficulty is in building and transforming and changing it. And it's protracted, which means it happens over a period of time. Like we didn't get in this state in three years. And it's going to take us longer to, to push ourselves out of this uh, condition and collectively. Right. And cynicism is not the way that we do it. If you had to give, if Raz Baraka had to give Mayor Raz Baraka, looking at your three years in office, what kind of grade would you give yourself? Right now? Yes. I would say uh, B minus, C plus. Not an A. No, no, not not at all. We, we haven't even uh, gotten close to uh, doing a lot of the things that I've envisioned that we should do and make happen. Some of it is bureaucracy. Some of it is state law. Some of it is, uh, you know, capacity and personnel. Uh, and we have to continue to get there uh, so we can get the things that happen that we want to happen. There's, you know, we want to have cooperatives in the city. We're not there yet. You know, we we are just beginning to breach the idea of developing cooperatives in the city. We want to develop all of the corridors. We've just begun that, right? Uh, you know, crime is not all the way down to the level that I'm completely satisfied. It is going down, you know, every year, which is a great thing, but it's not at a place where, where where I'm where I'm totally Satisfied. We got all of these laws that we pass in, inclusionary zoning, tax abatement, but they still on the council's agenda. They have to be passed, right? The development of Doremus Avenue, our fight with the Port Authority. All of those things have to, uh, you know, develop into something. And, uh, you know, it, it takes us longer to get those things to happen than just a wish uh, and a few buttons that we push. It, it actually takes work. Mr. Mayor, there are some people listening to this who would... Who would um and we have a, a caller here. I'm going to get to this in a second. Um, but th- there are some people who would listen to you and say, is Raz Baraka really a politician? Because at a question like that, any politician, regardless of what has happened in office, would say, well, I think I deserve an A, at least an A. <laughs> yeah, well, it depends on what you measure as success, right? So I can say that every metric in the city has improved, which is true. We've improved on crime. We've improved on, on development. We've improved on unemployment. We, we've improved on housing. I can say all of those things, but we are not where we need to be. And improvement, like if you were already at a D, improvement means you could get, become a C or a C plus. A means excellent, right? That's what it means to me. And I, I just don't see that we're at that place yet. Do I think that we're in that going in that direction? Absolutely. We just haven't arrived. Mr. Uh, Mr. Barack, we have a call for you. This is uh, Dion from uh, from Newark, former Newark resident. Dion, go ahead, please. Hi. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. This is good evening. This is with regards to the homeless issue 
in the city of Newark. And I'm speaking from experience because between uh, 2013 and 2015, I was homeless here in Newark. And because of that experience, I have a very clear idea with regard to what the, the main issues are or the main issue is. And the main issue is, from my experience for the past two years, from 2013 and 2015, is the lack of accountability with the Essex County Division of Welfare up to the Department of Family Development, all the way up to the Department of Human, uh, Human Services in Trenton. When, when there's an issue uh, with one of the people that were representatives at the Division of Welfare, and they're not doing their job, and you report that to the DFD or the DHS, or even Essex County Vincenzo, I think his name is Joseph DiVincenzo, into one of their offices, it never gets back to the person who isn't doing their job at 18 Rector Street. That is the issue. There is no accountability from the top to the bottom. And that was my issue with um, my homelessness, and that's why my homelessness was perpetuated for two years, because the direction from, I think her name is, uh, I forget the director's name right now, right off the top, the direction that she was giving to the workers at 18 Rector Street on the fourth floor, they were not following her director from the orders that she was getting from my appearances uh, during Dion, my fair hearing. Dion, let, let none me, of them have been corrected. Let, let me interject this. Um, I don't know if we can address those concerns in this broadcast, but let me ask you this. How did you, sure. how did you uh, uh, find a place? How did you leave homelessness? Right. Oh, it, uh, that was um, by, by, by chance, actually. Um, I went through uh, Integrity House. It was by chance. I happened to go to one of the um, drop-in centers mm -hmm. my first time there. The guy that was running it, it was on Central Avenue and First Street, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And he gave out a flyer, and Integrity House was saying, hey, we're offering permanent residence. All you need to do is uh, come by on a particular date. I think it was June 29th of uh, 2015 and satisfy the requirements that, they needed like your birth certificate, uh, proof that you were homeless. Um, uh, if you needed to have some type of disability, uh, something to that effect, from what I can just recall, I satisfied the requirements. And when they finished the the, the building, um, they said, "Hey, man, you, you you made the cut, and we have like 25 available apartments. Come on, come on down." And I said, "Hey, fantastic!" And that's how I believe me. It was not through the assistance of welfare. It was, just, it was not through the assistance of the Department of Human Services, the DFD, nor the Division of Essex County, nor the Division of 18 Rector Street. I did that on my own. And the problem, again, is there's no accountability within the social systems from Trenton all the way down to Essex County, Division of, 18, uh, Division of Welfare at 18 Rector Street, fourth floor. And how are you doing now? Fantastic. How do I sound? You sound, you sound great. You sound like you got a roof over your head, and that you, and you're doing quite well. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm, I mean, relatively speaking, I mean, I'm not I'm not where I was prior to. Uh, becoming, but you're getting there. Uh, but um, like you said, well, the, uh, there's a ladder, and I'm pretty, yeah. and I'm climbing. Good. Well, good. Congratulations. And there's no and there's, no, uh, and there's yeah. no ceiling at the at the top of the ladder. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you have a question for the mayor? Oh yeah, I, I well. The, the the individual who um, oh yeah, sure sure uh, okay go ahead but the individual said my question had to do with the family structure and he said it wasn't appropriate at this time maybe during for another program um, let me see if I could just grab one with regards to homelessness okay while you're while you're doing that yeah. um, uh, Mr. Mayor I'm gonna go back to uh, you giving yourself a, a, a B minus or 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 a C plus yes sir um, uh, again there are a lot of politicians and people in elected office would would look at that and say that that they're doing perhaps a whole lot better than than they actually are what, what are your plans for the future well to continue what we've what we've been doing I think we're on the right track uh, we have to continue to lobby these corporations to provide employment to raise that number from 18 percent to at least 35 percent of Newark residents working at these uh, fortune 500 and anchor companies that are in our city uh, we have to continue to deal with the ILA and the vendors at the port 
to raise those numbers at the port where they're very good jobs. And we had to inform our residents, you know, uh, about that. Uh, you know, we have to continue to fight for affordable housing and affordability raise the level of what affordability means. So is workforce housing involved in that? Uh, and make sure that the development uh, includes the th that kind of thing. And, and we have to continue uh, around our cooperatives and, and get people in Newark opportunities to incubate and create business on their own, uh, which is what we've been doing. And we have to continue those things and just do, do it uh, in a mass kind of way and continue to use technology and other opportunities to, to fight and reduce crime uh, in our city. It sounds like that's a, a pretty tall agenda to to reach the goals that you have set to satisfy yourself in terms of sure. giving yourself an A. Absolutely. Can you do that in the next 10 months, 9 months, 11 months? Oh, no, I don't, I don't think we could do it in 11 months. We obviously need another term to get that in, at least uh, 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 to, you know, to establish the things that, that we need to establish. Look, they're, they're, you know, some of the people behind us have been mayors for a very, very long time, and it took them a while to even have the kind of impact uh, uh, that they had. And 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 I don't I'm not uh you know fooling myself to believe that we're going to change the world in three years or three and a half years, uh, for that matter. Uh, particularly problems that existed for fifty, right? Uh, uh, in in a situation where we had very little resources. I mean, when we took off, it was right after the Great Recession, and the city was hit hard. You know, we had a ninety-three million dollar deficit, a fifty million dollar structural deficit, laid everybody off. All these issues were were going on in our city. So when we walked in there, we had to at least rectify those things first before we even began to think about uh, the kind of lofty uh, social goals that we want to create. We had to at least stabilize our economy, our, our budget, you know, purchase plows so we could pick up the dog on snow, you know, <laughs> lawnmowers, you know, all these kinds of things that we need uh, to have a, a, a city that's functioning after we got hit hard by this recession. So do you have an announcement to make then for, for the public? Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm uh, next week on the 22nd, uh, you know, we're going to be on City Hall steps and we're going to announce our re-election. We're going to announce our team then and, you know, uh, you know, hopefully people uh, will see, you know, what we did and what we've been trying to do for, the, for this term and give us an opportunity to continue and moving Newark forward. You're announcing your re-election bid? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You expect uh, uh, you expect challengers. What do you what are you anticipating? I don't know. You know, I, everybody else gets more excited about that than I do. I mean, people create all of these things. I mean, I guess they got to drive people to their websites and all these other kind of stuff. And I, I understand that. But you know, I've always been like laser like focused. I always have blinders on. I see a goal and I go after the goal. And you know, my real competition is with myself, right? And that's ultimately. Uh, and if the people of the city see fit. That I return, I will, by the grace of God. I mean, you know, I can't uh, beat myself up about other people. They have a right to run. They have a right to say what they want to say, a right to criticize anything that they don't agree with. Uh, I just hope they do it based on facts. <laughs> but but what do you expect people to to do, though? If, if a mayor says, look, we're, we're, we're doing this, but I want it to be better. We're doing this, but I want it to be more. We're doing this, but and I'd give myself a, a B- minus or a C plus. Would someone? Would you vote for someone like that? Would somebody saying it? Absolutely, I think they're honest, transparent. I mean, you see the work that's going on. You see the the movement and the progress uh, that's happening. And because you set high goals for yourself, uh, it means that uh, the end of the road is going to be a great place when we get there. You know, I can easily say we got an A uh, because we have two billion dollars worth of development going on. I got an A because we reduce unemployment from thirteen percent to about seven percent. Right? I can say. But uh, A is not 7% unemployment, right? I can say we got an A because we came into office in 2014. We had 116 murders, and we every year uh, drove those murder rates down every single year without question. Uh, people say, oh, that's an A. We did our job. But the job is not done until we are at zero, right? And that's the way I look at it. And some people may think that's unrealistic and you shouldn't think uh, in those terms. But, you know, you take the big, you, you take the big shot, you get the big win. You are uh, uh, to to reach that goal of of zero requires uh, a, a lot of cooperation, uh, and and the police can't be everywhere, every second doing well, ev everything, and they can't necessarily prevent a, a murder. If someone's tied up in a relationship or something like that, or absolutely, or or has a weapon he or she shouldn't have and decides to use it, then that's not something the police necessarily right. can stop. 
No, I agree. And we have to get ourselves to a place where these things happen uh, few and far in between uh, and not as often and frequent as they do and create places and systems where violence is not the norm and where people don't see the police as safety, right? And we have to change the culture of the city. If you go to some people's neighborhoods outside of the city, when they see police, they, they equate police with problems, right? If the police are on a block, they want to know why the police are on a block, what's going on, they stop and try to figure out. In Newark, if you don't see the police, you have the reverse kind of reaction. You get upset, right? Uh, we need to create a space where, where people are comfortable uh, uh, in their neighborhoods and in their community without having to have police standing in front of their house. You know, it was a police incident that kind of touched off the, um, uh, the rebellion 50 years ago. Uh, John Smith, the cab driver, and a, a, a reminder still of the kind of work that needs to be done in terms of police and community relationships. But to address this issue of Newark's image and and reliving the rebellion and things like that, how do you mark this anniversary? Uh, because it's major. And there's been major growth in the city of Newark since sure, that. Sure. And I don't think there's any denying that. But how do you mark this anniversary uh, without reliving the past like that? You, you can't. Uh, the, the only thing you can do is put it in perspective and balance it with uh, a healthy dose of where we are and, 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 and talk about where we need to go and not dwell uh, in, in this kind of cynicism about where Newark was. And so we there's a there's a long uh, a distance where we have to go. The same way of me saying I give myself a B minus, right? So we are nowhere near 1967, right? We have a different police force. The uh, uh, the level of African Americans and Latinos and the people that live in the city are incredibly higher than they were in 1967, right? The 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 level of racism in the department is lower. That is not gone. Uh, because, you know, racism still exists and permeates in a department. It is not at the level that it was. And, and you know, there are mechanisms, right? So we have now a civilian completely rebrought. Even though we're still in court fighting it, we have a space where we can create that, right, and all these other things. That would have never been an opportunity in 1967, right? Uh, all of these, uh, you know, opportunities that we have, community and police relations that are growing up, clergy patrols, all this stuff, didn't exist in 1967. They exist now. Right. And so it doesn't mean that we're, you know, void of any uh, racism, violence with between police officers, misconduct. All those things still exist, but not at the level that they existed in 1967. We still have a long way to go, but we've come a long way. You're participating in the conversation here on Thursday, July 13th uh, at eight o'clock, talking about uh, talking about the rebellion. How do you put things in perspective? How, how do you explain to someone who's. 15 years old, maybe angry uh, uh, in, in Newark and, and outside of Newark for that part. How do you explain to, to somebody and, and put things in perspective as to what happened 50 years ago? Well, I think you have to, to talk about the history of the city, of this country, uh, how we got to that point. Like, how, how, how did 1967 happen? How did it happen in Newark, Watts, you know, Detroit, Washington, D.C., all these cities that went up, even Plainfield, right? So all, all these places to talk about what were the conditions that created that, the, the flight outside of the city. Most people think that people left the city because of the rebellion, which is not true. And that is, uh, 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 Newark was predominantly black in 1966, not 1968. After the rebellion, 1966, we were leaving the city because the, the country was subsidizing opportunities for people to leave the city, right? And, and, and a, a deal with, leave this tax base the way it was, like, you know, kind of disappear. And so the, the police force was still resembled the, the white community that existed prior to the rebellion, and the majority of the population did not. And those sentiments uh, blew up. And, 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 and what we had, and that's just reality. There's a whole lot of things that were associated with that in terms of poverty, concentrations of poverty, all these things. And we have to talk about that and the movements and the people that helped us move forward, right? Uh, and, and the things that were left behind that were unfinished. So there was an unfinished struggle for democracy in these cities and in this country. It was, just, it was not completed, right? It wasn't completed because people were killed, arrested, uh, and other things took place. And, and there are hundreds of young people that have to complete this struggle. They have to finish it. 
right? And we have to uh, pass the baton to them and say, we need you to finish it. You know, Mr. Mayor, and, and I heard this last year when I was working on a series of reports on a report for uh, PBS that aired uh, last July after some of the incidents in Baton Rouge and uh, Minnesota and, and Dallas. They heard that people say, uh, and, and pretty far out there, that uh, uh, we could have another rebellion now in a place like Newark. And how do you view um, comments like that, well, given the, given what's, what's in Newark now, the progress has been made? I, I understand it in the sense like, you know, Baltimore, Ferguson, and all of those places, you know, some of the conditions remain. The segregation remain. The poverty and economic bl- uh, blight remains. In some instances, the people's despair and hopelessness, that narrative of what their relationship is to their own city, right, it is is problematic. And city governments have not created systems or opportunities to bridge those those voids or those gaps to create uh, dialogue and honest discussion with community, police, and government. We've been trying to do that through many uh, organs and opportunities. We we have a robust clergy. Alliance and Citizen Clergy Patrol. We do a lot of police training, uh, community comm stats, opportunities for activists, community people, regular folks to be involved and understand how uh, the police department works, to be involved in decision making. We civilianize the, a lot of aspects of it. And there's there's much we've done, but we uh, you know still have a lot more to do. And, and I would say that we are like a model almost for how to begin to develop community and police relationships, you know, around the city that we, around the country, we are pushing these kinds of things. And I think that it helps us. It buttresses us in those kind of environments. If something happens, we, we, we are proactive, right? And because we put a lot of money in the bank, and that means we have a lot of, uh, you know, goodwill and a lot of proactive things, it kind of helps us when, when, when an when a incident or an emergency takes place. You mentioned the CCRB. It has not heard any cases yet. Is that right? None. Right. And, you know, the FOP put us in court. I mean, and, and that's simply, you know, because they are in this kind of archaic, got this archaic stance, this belief. They're still in 1967 in mindset. They have to move away from that, right? So uh, at, at the end of the day, the policing is different in America. It's a different place. We, it was a different city, different things are going on. It has to change, and it will change. And it's not, we are not going to remain in the Stone Age. It's not going to happen. And they're going to have to release that. And part of that is uh, a lot of the organizations, particularly in Newark, IFOP is governed a lot of times by our retirees, older officers who don't even live in the state no more, who live in other parts of the country, who are still dictating policies and ideas around the police department, who, who, who probably policed during those times, right? Uh, uh, and 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 we they have to separate themselves from that, and begin to modernize their thinking uh, about what's happening. And there's nobody uh, is going to stand for the kind of things that took place uh, uh, then, or the things that are taking place even now in in different parts of the country. People want redress. They want justice. They want transparency. They want equity. They want fairness. And we have to, we have to provide it for them. It's that simple. But in the meantime, while this is moving through the courts, the CCRB has been training and things like that and preparing to hear cases. Well, they, they are, uh, you know, going through some training. Hopefully we're raising them. To, we, we have to get them the, the resources and the money so they can go ahead and go further with, with more stuff. Uh, we, but you can't hear any cases, though, until the, the legal issues right, are resolved. Until the legal issues are resolved, we can't move it forward in the way that we want to. And, and I think that's what the whole plan is to tie us up uh, in court, right? But people are watching, though, from outside, oh, because yeah. this people. was a, a civilian complaint review board that, that people uh, are a lot of people look at and just say, this, if you're going to do it, this is the way you should do it. Absolutely. It's the strongest model in the country. And uh, we, we're getting it, it, resistance immediately. They need let's get us get off the mat. You know, they automatically jumped on us uh, from the beginning. But it's all right. You know, we, we anticipated that it would be a struggle, uh, that most things that, that you want, you're going to have to struggle for. And we're going to continue. The city is going to support it. We're going to fight for it uh, until we make it happen. It's somewhat part of the, the federal consent decree to a certain extent. Well, the consent decree says that we have to have civilian oversight, which right. gives us kind of cover fire to at least have an organization such as the Review Board. All right. You're listening to Newark Today on WBGO 88.3 FM and WBGO.org. If you just joined us, you missed the mayor announcing 
that he is going to announce he's seeking a second term. He'll make that announcement next week. Remember, coming up on July 13th, our next show, we'll be talking about the 1967 rebellion in the largest city in the state of New Jersey. I want to thank all of you for listening and participating in the conversation this evening. Uh, I want to thank our crew here as well. Ang Santos on the phones, Chris Tobin on the boards, Alexandra Hill, our producer, Doug Doyle, the executive producer and news director, and I'm your host, Michael Hill. Our next show, July 13th, Newark Today, a special edition focusing on the 1967 Newark Rebellion, and Mayor Baraka will join us. This is WBGO Newark. <laughs>